0: Listening to the In Search SEO podcast, the podcast that paints town red with succulent search marketing insights. Today we are under review. The great Aaron Wiecky, CEO of GatherUp, is here to tell you all about how you can take your Google review game to a totally new level. We're talking about how to repurpose your reviews in ways you never thought of, how to get smart with repurposing the right reviews at the right time, and where you should be showcasing your Google reviews and how to do it. Plus, the age-old advice of writing... Content for featured snippets might not be the best idea. I'm here to explain why heresy I know. I am your host, Morty Oberson. And I am joined by the quietly roaring, the semi-spiteful, Sapir Carabello. Hello,
1: Morty.
0: Hello, Sapir.
1: <laughs> How are you doing?
0: Awesome. This is like the, our fifth take at recording this because my <laughs> kids keep popping into the room and making noise with their toys
1: oh, on purpose. So I, I see you.
0: I know. I know you're behind that door. I can hear you, the toy. Get it out of here. He's doing, I'm telling, I'm losing it. I'm losing it, Sapir.
1: I'm losing it. How are you?
0: I'm good. Same old, same old. You actually yell at my kids on the podcast, get out of here, stop playing with that toy. (laughs) (laughs) Live parenting. Parenting in action here on the (laughs) Insert SEO podcast. Get out of here.
1: (laughs) You're a model parent. I am. I am. I should write a book
0: about parenting. It's called Get Out of (laughs) Here.
1: Stop making that noise. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, What's going on with you? Nothing going on. Nothing? Life's boring. Yeah.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, like, nothing, like, exciting, like, you're not wearing a bright colored shirt today? No. You're not living on the edge, as you usually do? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, wow. Neon colored shirt. I'm my, hey, I'm Sapir. I'm living, I'm living large. Breaking the mold.
1: I don't think I ever wore a neon colored shirt. shirt really? Before. Oh, because you're not
0: yeah. from the 80s. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> That's all I had. Okay, do not forget we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on Stitcher, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on SoundCloud. Of course, you can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. And of course, you can you can subscribe on iTunes or find the podcast wherever great. Podcasts are found. Don't forget, we put out new content, bonus content rather, on the Twitter page for the In Search SEO podcast. That's at In Search underscore SEO. You can find bonus content from our guests each and every week. It usually comes out on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Also, Rank Ranger has teamed up with the brand SERP guy, also known as Jason Barnard. And we are offering some really cool, or Jason's offering some really cool um, brand reputation, brand SERP courses. You can find these courses at rankranger.com slash reputation dash management dash courses. That's rankranger.com slash reputation dash management dash courses. We will link to that in the show notes for this podcast. Okay, great show for you today. Talk to Aaron White. about some novel ways to use your online reviews. But first, if there is one eternal topic in SEO, it is the featured snippet, and it is writing content to capture featured snippets. So I'm here to offer you a hot take on why this hot topic is probably not the best idea in all cases, and how you might actually be killing your content if you follow this advice. So it's a hot take on what's hot in SEO. Red Hots, get your Red Hots here. So I, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Don't write for feature snippets. Are you nuts? Have you lost your damn mind? Because I will help you find it, to quote the office. Do you do drugs, Morty? Do you have a drinking problem? Were you dropped on your head as a baby? Probably. Probably. Oh,
1: wow. Okay, that escalated pretty quickly, Morty. I'm
0: just running through the logical options that explain things. Very
1: logical, right? (laughs) Okay.
0: But I do mean this in seriousness, because that's good English right there. Let's run this through, okay? If I were to ask you, Sapir... Yeah. Okay. If I were to ask you, should you? Um, what should you do? What should you do? And I should you target feature snippets. Obviously, you should target feature <sighs> snippets. But what should you do in order to win that target of feature snippets in terms of the writing process? Like, what would you say to do? How do you write okay. for featured snippets, Sabir?
1: <laughs> well, um, I would say that first, you need to write content. That answers questions, right?
0: Yeah, of course. Like very, okay, very right. deep point right there. Don't state the <laughs> don't state the obvious up here. <laughs> don't state the obvious. But
1: that's not everything, Morty. Okay? You should write answers that have a lot of details. And oh. I think that's that's kinda uh, a testament to to good quality, you know? That it's not a thin thin content.
0: Right. Right. Don't write thin content. Good. Good. Okay, right. all true.
1: Um and also I guess you need to utilize headers and create lists. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, that's good advice. Fine. Great. Fine. Yeah. That's okay. That's pretty much. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's pretty much the advice you're gonna hear. Okay. All right. But by the way, we talk about this in two recent blog posts. We did a um, guide to feeder snippets, so you can check out. This kind of advice, but in way more depth and detail on the Rank Ranger blog. Little plug there. But fine. Okay, I hear what you're saying. It's all good advice. So let's put this to the test. I want mm-hmm. you, Sapir, to, to do, follow this advice that you said. And you, okay. can, you can plug in five or, you know, five or six other details about writing feature snippets, and the same thing applies. I want you to take that advice, and you folks at home doing the same thing, I want you to answer with the advice about writing feature snippets that we just heard or you might have in your brain at home. I want you to answer why string theory and quantum physics do not align. Go ahead. Write. Go. Come
1: on. Write it. Write it. He-
0: <laughs> write a fetus, write kind yeah. of for a fetus snippet that answers why string theory and quantum physics do not align by talking about headers and lists. And Go ahead. Write it.
1: Nah, man. That's, that's too complicated.
0: That's no. <laughs> oh, it's complicated. Oh, I mean, there's content <laughs> that's complicated out there? Oh, no. Okay, oh, I just did a cookie monster <laughs> thing. Oh no. Okay. Oh, this no. is this is the problem. Okay, all the advice you mentioned and all the advice you generally hear about featured snippet content creation writing, blah 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 blah, it's all good advice. It's all par for the course, pretty much, but it all pretty much applies to top level, top level questions, top level content, and pretty much basic topical material. Like you can't follow that advice for deep deeper content. It doesn't work. By by the way, when I say deep content, I mean like truly deep content because it can't be written this way. And I think part of the problem is when I say deep content in the SEO context, people think, okay, you know, deep, authoritative, nuanced content. Okay. But what's truly deep, authoritative, nuanced content in terms of the average webpage versus what that actually looks like in real life are two different things. In other words, yeah. Okay. For your average webpage, you're not going to get too deep into the content. You're not going to get too deep into a topic. It's pretty much simple, straightforward. Okay, so you what we think as SEOs as what's deep content, what's not thin content, and what actually is deep content are not the same thing. Like apply what we think deep content is in the SEO world to like the academic standard. <laughs> That's not deep content at all. Okay, so truly deep and authoritative content it, it means different things in different contexts. Okay, so when I'm talking about creating um, – f- writing for a feature snippet, when the topic is deep, I mean like in a more academic sense. Like it's really a complicated topic or it's a really okay. complicated take or a nuanced take or a, it's something on a detail of a topic.
1: All right. Yeah, you're, you're making a good point. I can't argue with that.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Show is over.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're done. <laughs>
0: No, what, what I'm saying is, like, you have to be careful with the idea of writing for featured snippets. You have to think about the, the process as you, Sapir, have described it. Does it work for the content you're writing for? Because it might not. It might not work for a deeper sort of nuanced topic like string theory and quantum physics. You can't write a feature snippet or headings and good quality. That's not going to cut it. Do you know what I mean?
1: I get the big picture that you're trying to describe, but I don't know. Can you be more specific?
0: Like, how would you approach? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I read. I ran. I mean, I, I, I have an example. Hold on. Um. Okay.
1: <laughs> of course, you have an example.
0: Obviously, I know. That I have to have to come armed and ready to, ready to defend myself here because I'm talking about like complete heresy. Like you know, not writing for feature snippets. I actually just writing content. That's good content and hoping Google pulls it out for a future snippet. Heresy. Okay, so let's take – I'm going to take an example where it does work. You ready? Please,
1: not baseball. Please. No, not baseball. Oh, teaching. God, not baseball. I'm going to okay. stick to what okay. I know <laughs> best. Uh, teaching. Oh, Teaching. Oh, okay. Teaching,
0: which I know second best to SEO and third best to baseball. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I ran a search for how to teach kids to read and i got okay. a feature snippet from um, readingeggs.com and it was a list the feature snippet was a bull. it was not a bull. it was um, a numbered list and i'll read mm-hmm. to you i'll start reading through what i actually saw here's what the feature snippet said okay it said here are 10 simple steps to teach your children to read at home 1 use songs and nursery rhymes to build phonemic awareness 2 make simple word cards at home 3 engage your child in print rich environment in a print rich environment 4 play word games at home or in the car and it keeps going okay mm-hmm. and as you would expect each one of these numbered items reflects an h3 right so on the page itself there's an h3 that says use songs and nursery rhymes to build phonemic awareness so let's take a look at what the content said on the actual webpage under the first item shown in the feature snippet. So again, the query was how to teach kids to read. You get 10 items, a list of 10 items in a feature snippet. The first one is use songs and nursery rhymes to build phonemic awareness. And on the webpage, there's a heading that says use songs and nursery rhymes to build phonemic awareness. And under that heading, it reads children's songs and nursery rhymes aren't just a lot of fun. The rhyme and rhythm help kids to hear the sounds and syllables in words, which helps them learn to read. A good good way to build phonemic awareness, one of the most important skills in learning to read, is to clap rhythmically together and recite songs in unison. This playful and bonding activity is a fantastic way for kids to implicitly develop the literacy skills that will set them up for reading success. That is good content, by the way. That's great yeah. content. It's totally true. When that, I, I used to walk around school – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. When I used to – when I was a teacher, you walk around and you, you hear the first and second graders clapping and reading and blah, blah, blah. And I said to myself, that sounds wonderful and thank God I don't have to do that. I teach higher grades.
1: Because uh, okay.
0: singing and clapping is not me.
1: <laughs> but Morty, they're basically doing what I talked about earlier.
0: That's true. but They followed your the advice. Park. And it's good. Yeah. It's good content. That is really good content for that query right. of of you know how to learn how to teach kids to read, whatever the query I, I did was. <laughs> <So> they clearly <laughs> followed your advice, but let's dive deeper. Because the paragraph okay. here mentioned phonemic awareness. Okay, phonemic awareness is um you know fo- okay let's, let's let's go deeper. Okay, I remember when I was doing my masters. Yeah. So I had like, I had these two professors. Often one of them I loved, and one of them I hated. And the one I hated, we spent like months talking about um, phenomes. Okay, phenomes are basically okay. like the what makes a word sound different from the next word. Like cat versus bat, kuh versus buh. I just taught you, okay, how to, I'm teaching you how to read here on the Intro to SEO podcast. I hated that class. Why? I, I just didn't like it. Okay, but there's all... there's a Because there, my, my my point is... On this idea of <laughs> phenomes, of, of distinct sounds from one word to the next, or phonemic awareness as the paragraph I read to you mentions. Okay, this, this subtopic in how to learn how to read. I spent months on this. It was the most boring thing I ever did. <laughs> but let's, okay. so, but let's, let's use my boring learning that I've done in my past to help with SEO. Because mm. let's say you did a search for the role of phonemic awareness in learning to read. Of course, I do that search all the time, right? So you get a feature snippet, and it reads, "Again, the query is the role of phonemic awareness in learning to read." But the point is, if you don't know what that means, it's a very detailed aspect of the of the reading process. Here's what the page said for the feature snippet. I'm sorry. Here's what the feature snippet said. Phonemic awareness teaches students to both hear and manipulate sounds and to understand that spoken words are made up of a sequence of speech sounds. Through my research, the person not, – that's not me. That's the person writing this article. Through my research, yeah. I learned that students who were able to identify phenomes rapidly were able to read more fluently because of this rapid processing. That's a little bit deeper than what we just read before in the, you know, how to learn how to read. You to teach kids right. to read. Feed snippet, right? Right. Okay. This is a very nuanced topic. It's a very deep topic. And the, by the way, there's pages and pages of research on phonemic awareness and its role in the reading process. told you, I spent literally, I spent months in, 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 in an education course learning about this stuff. and I don't remember any of it. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just remember spending months on this. It's one thing, <laughs> phonemic awareness. It's not the kind of, my, it's not the kind of thing you're going to be able to answer under an h three. Like, you know, a little paragraph, you know, what is phonemic awareness's role in the in the reading process? You're not going to be able to answer that in, in a little, like, paragraph with an H3 on top of it. In this case, Google takes it from a blog, a not very long blog, by the way, but a very, very detail oriented, research based blog from scholastic.com. One read of this blog, and it's very clear that none of the things you talked about, Sapir, and had to write for a feature snippet apply. There's no use of headers, there's no lists, bullets. It is a very dense piece of content that Google pulled this snippet out of. Yeah. And my point is, is that if you try to write about, you know, using phenomic awareness to learn, to teach reading skills, and you try to write it like the way we as SEOs try to write feature snippets, your content would be crap. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for a complicated topic or a very detailed look and a very small sliver of an overall topic. It doesn't work. You have to be careful how you write and don't get caught up, oh, I need to write a feature snippet, so I got to use the H3 and bullet the list. If that doesn't make sense for your content, don't do that because you will kill your content. And you will not end up in the feature snippet either. Because if you think I'm wrong, I will prove it to you because Google agrees with me. Google agrees with me. Do you want to know how, Superior? Okay.
1: Listen, I don't think you're wrong, but I'll bite. <laughs> How can you prove that Google agrees
0: with you, more? Yeah? Oh, good setup question. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, so, so Google obviously, right? It, it can hone in on the headings and the format of the content, tables and lists. And when it comes to choosing a URL for some types of content, for some queries, it will it will prefer that you have those headings and those things, you know, nicely organized paragraphs underneath the headings or lists or tables and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, it doesn't. It knows it can't rely on those things. There's Google says, hey, you know, if all things being equal, we have a nice structure of headers here. We'll make a nice list out of those headers. We have a table here. We'll pull that in. Google knows, hey, we can rely on these, these elements on the page to make a nice little feature snippet for ourselves. But Google also knows that it can't do that sometimes. Which is why it uses BERT or things like BERT to help pull content out for a feature snippet. Because BERT's advantage is not... That, hey, 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 Google, I'm Bert, and I can tell you where there's a nice set of H3s here you could pull content from. I mean, Google does help in understanding what's in those paragraphs under the H3s using Bert, but that's not where Bert shines. Bert shines where the structure on the page doesn't exist. Like the feeder snippet I quoted from from scholastic.com. There were no headers on that page, nothing. There's no paragraph, there's no bullets, I mean, there's no list, nothing. That's where Bert shines. It shines where the structure doesn't exist. Where Google has to use BERT as an answer engine, pull out the content from a less structured environment, which applies where? When the topic is a little bit deeper, where the topic is much more nuanced, where a topic goes into way, way more details than your average piece of content does. And that's where BERT, BERT, hey BERT, that's where BERT shines. That's why Google's using BERT, because like, Google knows it can't rely on those page elements when the content reflects a deeper topic. So Google gets it, which is why they have a device called BERT. Maybe we should get it also. That's my hot take. And everyone can cool their jets now.
1: Oof, oh, okay, Morty. Thank you. Wow. Enlightening stuff, as usual.
0: I, I, I'm not going to take that as sarcastic. I'm going to say thank you. I appreciate your compliment. Okay. Let's get into content per se. Review content in specific and how you can leverage those reviews to the max, because here's Aaron Weike. Oh, my God. Wait, wait. Before we get to Aaron, I can't believe I just did that. I, I, did, I literally used to do the same thing when I was doing my, my education studies. Phenomes, phonemes, Morty. Phonemes. They're called phonemes. I apologize. I don't know. What, it's like a tick in my brain. It's something to do with, like, you know, the way phonic sounds and phonetic awareness. Phonemes, not phenomes. They're called phonemes. Okay, Here's Aaron Wyke.
2: Here comes another search marketing expert. It's time for an in search interview.
0: This is another In Search SEO podcast interview session. Joining us today is a fellow podcaster. He's literally traveled all over the US speaking about local SEO. He's spoken to jacuzzi dealers, he's spoken to propane leaders. He knows everything about local SEO and then some, and he's here to help your business harness the power of reviews. He is Aaron Wykey. Welcome.
2: Marty, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. So there's a lot of things we could talk about in terms of you and your history. You're the CEO of GatherUp, which we'll talk about in a second. But what really struck out to me is that you're a Twins fan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I am. I'm a, I'm a born and raised Minnesotan. I'll try to uh, keep my O's uh, shorter than longer nice. in, in the Thank interview you. today. Please, but, if you could. Yeah, twin, Twins baseball in the, uh, you know, some of the, the best years of Twins baseball, 87 and 91 World Championships, right. that was... Like eighth grade and eleventh grade for me, I got to go to some of the World Series games. Oh, that's um, awesome! So, yeah, th- love, love, and currently missing uh, Major League Baseball and, and watching Twins baseball while I work every night.
0: Yeah, well, but well, a bunch of well, I'm not going to get into that. What a bunch of horrible whatever expletive you want to say about professional baseball players and owners. But I, I share that bond with you, being a Twins fan while you were going to the games and watching Kirby Puckett hit home runs. I was uh, going to the games as a Yankee fan throwing batteries. At Kirby Puckett. <laughs> Not literally, um, but figuratively. Well, the people were after yeah. throwing batteries, so yes. that's New well, York for you. You
2: know, the way we see it here, I mean, a Yankees fan is willing to do anything to get a win. They obviously buy all their wins. And so, you know, throwing batteries, is that, that's no big deal. We know what to expect. From right.
0: Now. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with all of that. <laughs> um, so tell us about GatherUp because you are the CEO of GatherUp.
2: Yeah, uh gather up for most people would qualify as a reputation management solution. So we help customers gather, manage, and market their customers' experience, which most often translates into reviews. So at the end of the day, what we really want to do is help a business listen to their customers. Uh, we think about it a little bit differently. We're a little bit more on the customer experience side of things. We see it as it doesn't matter where your customer posts it, you need to understand what your customer thinks about your business. But it obviously publicly translates really well into Google reviews, Yelp reviews, Facebook reviews and and things like that. So we give businesses the tools to be able to uh, inquire to those customers and find out exactly what they're thinking and capture customer experience data like net promoter score, review ratings, um, survey questions, content on how they felt uh, and make it easy for that customer to go and leave review at a, at a third party site.
0: Yeah, and you should definitely check out GatherUp because I, literally the biggest names in local SEO are part of the GatherUp team, like Mike Blumenthal, for example. How, how is that, by the way? How's it working with Mike?
2: You know, um, I would just sum it up as I'm blessed to work with Mike. Um, we've had a, a friendship for over 10 years now between conference speaking and we're part of local university uh, together. Uh, And now getting a chance to to work together. And um, I I love the man dearly. And he has elevated my lines of thinking um, so many times. Yeah, he just he thinks and sees things on a different level. And it's very rewarding and very eye opening to to spend so much time with
0: him. Mike is definitely an all star. Um, So we're going to be talking about repurposing reviews today, which is a mind blowing concept that I did not hear about until you brought it up to me. Is you lay it out for us because you're basically repurposing reviews like you would repurpose content.
2: Absolutely. So the analogy I use to uh, uh, try to hit home with people is um, consider it like the the bookshelf you have in your house. Um, and you uh, acquire books, you get them, you read them the first time, and then you put them on the shelf. And maybe all they do is uh, gather dust. They now become a like visual part of the room, um, but the content and what's there is is never utilized ever again. Yeah, but you look smart. Um, Yes, exactly. And and reviews can be much the same way where companies go to gather these reviews and they're trying to bolster their quantity count and their star rating, what I call, you know, those are scoreboard metrics because they're there for everyone to be able to see them. Uh, but I, I firmly believe and have been able to prove out that these reviews are actually massive assets that you can utilize over and over and over again, especially within your, your own properties um, because they're, they're micro stories of that customer working with you and they both provide you with content that's strategically beneficial and tactically beneficial in SEO, but also along, you know, trust and conversion and, and those type of elements. So, you know, what we're going to talk about today is kind of like breaking that down and helping people get ideas to like, how do I not just let these reviews sit in my Google My Business profile or in Facebook? How do I extract them out of there and put them to use within my own digital uh, properties, uh, social accounts, and things like that?
0: So I really want to get into some examples with you. But before I do that, it's a really fascinating concept. And I'm wondering, because I never thought it was in a million years, how did you come to think of that like this?
2: Yeah, I guess it kind of gets back to what we hit upon before, where it's more important what your customer says than where they post it. So it's just was continually looking at like, you go through all this effort to get a customer to talk to you. And when they do, like that's that's gold, right? It's this prize possession, especially when they give you more than just a rating or the, the words, uh, thanks, it was great. Um, <laughs> but when they go into detail about why they chose you, what stood out and different, an employee that made a difference, like these are things that as a business owner, as a marketer, you're like, I want to shout these from the mountaintops. So I looked at it instead of like, you know, getting these and you're excited for that, you know, initial hit of sweet. We went from 42 to 43 Google reviews with another five-star review. I look at like, how do we take this wonderful thing that someone is talking about us and we get them to talk to more people over and over again. And we place it in a way where it's on tap when uh, new prospects come our way or come across uh, some of our digital properties. So is really just looking at it, like, how do we unlock the full potential of this thing that was hard to get and very valuable?
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, almost it almost sounds like it bothered you. Like I get this gem, literally a gem, because like, to get somebody to leave you a nice review, is much harder than getting them to leave you a nasty review. And then you just do nothing with yeah. it. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's um, yeah. really kudos. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's go into some of the examples of this. How do, how do you actually do this? What do you what have you done with this?
2: Yeah. So the, uh, I basically broke it into like uh, five different ways to utilize those reviews. Um, it's, is easiest in our world when we summarize things and put them into a concept. So I've basically called it the 5X, uh, review strategy. Um, and it's looking at how do I take this review and get five times the, the value out of it than, than just sitting there. Um, so, uh, at a high level and, um, you know, we can go into detail on in some of these, but, You know, one is how do you use that summarization on on your own site to greet any website visitor with a like, here's how many customers have talked about us and here's the level rating that they're willing to give us. Um, The second is recency. Studies have shown over and over again, you know, we live in a what have you done for me lately review. Um, And studies have shown overwhelmingly people care about reviews within the last 90 days, the last 30 days, far more than a review you earned five years ago. What does that matter for my experience I'm gonna to have tomorrow. So finding ways to display your reviews with recency uh, at the top of it. Uh, then reviews by like uh, location, if you are uh, a location based business or you have multi uh, locations uh, that are there. Um, then one that I think is, is the biggest that has so much untapped potential is like theme or keyword reviews. So uh, the, the quick example here is say you're a, an auto repair shop and you have a bunch of reviews mentioning your break service. Well, likely on your web page, you have a page dedicated to your brake service. Hey, we do rotors, we do pads, whatever else. You likely are not segmenting any of those reviews and displaying dozens of reviews about your brake service on the brakes page. You've just put one page with reviews. So if you have people talking about a specific keyword, a specific theme, a specific service type, it could even be a specific employee. Um, Parsing those out and putting those on that page uh, to add more content and to add trust to it um, is a huge untapped area. And then lastly is businesses are always scrapping for social media, like take those reviews and reuse them on social media. Um, And especially when you consider here's a way that you can do it and remove the date and the timestamp. So take that review you got from five years ago and share it on Twitter today, right? Right. Like this is what the customer has to say about us. I don't have to tell you that it's from (laughs) 2015, um, but these same things are still true of our business. So dust off that book from five years ago and put it to use uh, today. And guess what? Your tweet has a shelf life of 30 seconds. So you can go and use it again next week or next month and, you know, r- repeat a cycle with a number of those.
0: So then what do you do? Let's say you're, um, you're an auto dealer and you're great at changing brakes and you suck at changing transmissions. So you have wonderful reviews for brakes and you have like <laughs> horrible reviews for transmissions. Obviously a weird case. I don't think that would actually exist, but let's just <laughs> argument's sake. Yeah. Do you post reviews on one page and then not on the other one? Like I, I can't post my transmission reviews because that would be stupid. But on the other hand is kind of yeah. like weird, like why are there reviews on one page and not on the other one?
2: Yeah. I, I think you can in situations like that, because if you look at the crossover, um what what is the likelihood or you have to say yourself, like, uh, is somebody getting their brakes and transmission done at the same time? And are they cross-referencing both of those? Mm. Um, you know, one might be the leader compared to the other. Now, in a business where you are looking for bundled services and and things like that. Um, yeah, that can be a little bit more difficult or or you'll just run into, especially when you're you know newer or you haven't done as much with a, a strategy in reviews, you just don't have enough, right? Where I might have 80 reviews about my break service, but I only have two reviews uh, that mention right. transmissions. And there I would just cherry pick and say like, all right, let's just grab the content and basically throw them on the page as a couple of testimonials or even just throw one testimonial on the page and make it much larger as compared to utilizing something that might display, you know, 20, 30 or 40 reviews that they can carousel through.
0: So when you don't have a lot of reviews, which I, I would imagine a lot of businesses, especially if you're starting out, you, you don't. And you post yep. like, hey, we have a 4.8 star rating. I can never go with the 5 star rating because no one's ever perfect. So like, yep. you know, make it like 4.8. And then, the, you know, the user sees, wow, they, they, it's on the homepage. You have 4.8, you know, review. And then they go to Google. They see your local panel there. And I'm like, yeah, you have two reviews. Of course, you get a 4.8 jerk.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, this obviously still goes on where people are just waking up to that. um, That happens and that matters. Uh, The biggest thing I would tell people is reviews are a long term game, right? You want to look at this as like exercise or working out and at least get off the couch and get going with it. Be wary of the thinking like I need a I need to fast or I need a steroid or, right. or whatever else. You know, Too many people race to do that and there's, there are consequences to it. So you know, I would more go from the standpoint of what can we implement so we can start asking our customers for how did we do for you, right? And there's many ways to like uh, crawl, walk, run um, through that scenario. Specifically, if, if you just look at it and you're like, all right, we have a crazy low Google count. There I would say like, what personal relationships do I have with customers where I could send them an email and just say, hey, you know, we've realized we need to show our customer experiences in a better light. You've been a customer of ours for four years. Here's the link with where you could go write a Google review and, and do it as a personal reach out before you step into an automated piece of uh, software to help do those kind of things.
0: So I want to jump back on you were talking about social media before. And I think it's a great idea, right? Share. Hey, check out this review that I got. How do you sort of set the right tone with it Because I, I I kind of imagine it'd be very easy for a business to go too far with that, where it comes up, hey, check, almost like you're gloating or, or gloating by bloating, right? You're just you're, yep. you're tweeting in all these tweets. Everybody look at us, we're so great. And I would imagine that that's not the right tone to take in most cases.
2: Yeah, I I kind of follow the practice of of humble bragging with it. Um, so one on one, you know, we built a feature and gather up. Uh, social sharing that basically turns that review into an image. Um, so it overlays the text over a color background, a logo background, a photo, um, just because one, social media is a visual uh, platform across the areas you should should care about. Instagram, Google posts, Twitter, Facebook. So we're creating that image and then using the content in your post. Um, what I usually like to do is call out whatever that user has uh, talked about or or said great things about and just reinforce that that's what's really important to the core of your business nice. right like if they're right. talking about man the customer service here was excellent whatever else you know then just stating like this is exactly what we strive for and we'd love to deliver the same for you right so yeah. instead of the you know the all out like look at me i'm right. number one i who the has greatest. two
0: thumbs and is awesome
2: yes right. exactly uh it's more of a like we've achieved this with this customer experience and this is what we want to do every time and this is what we want to uh, do for you and i think that that positioning where you get to reinforce what matters um and also be very humble about it works extremely well
0: yeah it's awesome it becomes about giving and not about taking in a lot of ways yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. absolutely love that um so uh, you brought up tools for a second i, I want to get into an, in, in a in a jiffy but um i'm wondering like, it sounds great, but are there ever cases where you wouldn't want to repurpose a review? It, it, assuming the reviews are good. Obviously, if it's a bad review, don't repurpose that.
2: Yeah, you know, I i wouldn't exactly even say that. Just your same comment earlier on a 4.8 rating compared to a, a perfect five. Having some bad reviews out there humanizes the business, right? And it, and it shows that, yes, things can go wrong. We're not perfect. What's more important in those scenarios are you showing that you're listening and that you responded to that review? Because that shows that customer, hey, if things don't go perfect, we have a way to talk to this business and they're actually listening and they will respond and they care to make it right. And I think in today's world, that's that's like far more important than trying to sculpt, um, we're awesome and we're great and everything you're gonna read here is fantastic. And it, to me, it's the reason why consumers actually seek third-party content and reviews, right? Like you will see an auto-suggest on Google, people typing in brand name and the word reviews. Mm -hmm. They want to skip past the content you're writing because, of course, you're going to say, we're great, we're (laughs) awesome, we've been doing it a long time, we've won all these awards, we're the industry leader, whatever else. But they want to go to what is the public opinion of this business. And so even as yourself, you're going to come across far more authentic and trustworthy if you have those variations. And by far and away, the best organizations we work with like they they embrace that and they say hey we're going to show all of our reviews but we're also going to respond to every bad experience that's out there so i would say don't shy away from it if you have more bad reviews than good reviews like that's a business problem right Right. like that's not in your reviews like you need to fix fix something (laughs) in process whatever I, i tell people all the time like i'd already be retired on my own private island somewhere if Because we ask for reviews with a beautiful email or a text message, it turned a one-star experience into a five-star experience, right? Right. Like that's not what our tool does. All we do (laughs) is capture exactly what happened with the business and the customer.
0: No, and that's a good point because I mean when I look for a review, particularly on Amazon, I do this. I'm looking for the bad reviews because I want to see how bad are the bad reviews. Like, hey, they shipped it in this box and the box is totally messed up. Like I can live with that. Like, all right, like the product itself is fine as they, they do a really bad job shipping it in a nice quality yep. box. Fine. Yeah. And, and yeah, I going not cut you off. And
2: I, and I do the same, right? Because you want to see what's, um, here's the easiest way to put it. You want to see that the great things about the business are a trend and that happens every time. And you want to see that the bad things are one offs, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to see, if everybody's talking about that, the communication is terrible, Yep. You're gonna skip it because you see that on on repeat, and that's the same thing we're looking for. I do the same if I like go to buy a TV. If I see everyone saying the picture isn't sharp, I'm on to the next TV and the next product because it's consistently delivering that same fault.
0: Yep. So I'm wondering, hey, we're an SEO podcast, so immediately in my mind everything goes to Google reviews. But there are other yep. platforms that do exist; <laughs> they do exist. Um, yes. When it comes to showing something on on your site or view on your site, or if you're gonna push it on social media. I would imagine it's per vertical, but which, where do you prefer to pull from? Yeah, you know, Yelp, Amazon, Facebook, does it matter?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to start with one area where I think people completely overlook from a number of reasons because it doesn't have the sex appeal of someone else's logo on it. And that's number one, a first party review. So overwhelmingly, like the numbers are off the charts. On the low end, somewhere between four to 10 times the amount of customers will give you a direct review overstating it publicly. Mm. We are not all wired to say, Hey world, I'm willing to stake my name and my opinion on Google or Yelp or Facebook or, or, or anything else. So number one, I tell people at a bottom line, if you really want to hear from a lot of your customers, you're going to want to ask them, Hey, directly give us a rating and give us your, your feedback. Um, and as an SEO, that's just more content. Do you want one content writer writing for you or do you want 500 writing for you? So
0: oh, 500, is why we use PBNs, no? Exactly, there <laughs> right, you go. Right. We don't so use PBNs if, for the record. Yeah, right. it, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> If you if you care about knowing more about that customer, you will make it so that they can talk to you and talking publicly is a choice. Because it's so foolish to say, I only wanna hear from you if you're willing to say it here, right? Like that's just a big faux pas. After that, yes, uh, Google massive visibility because of search and the doorway they have and everything else. You know, uh, right now I would say Facebook, which Facebook reviews are actually recommendations. They switched a couple of years ago from five stars to a yes or no recommendation right. with COVID, with everything going on. People having conversations about you is super important. I, 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 I use the phrase like mentions are your best marketing right now. So. Facebook recommendations are highly elevated. More people are on Facebook. They're looking for ways to support businesses and to write reviews and to write recommendations. Um, and Facebook recommendations actually can be more of a conversation where it's not just a static, here's the review, here's the business reply. Anyone can chime in on the recommendation. Yeah, that's cool. They can second it, like it, share it, uh, do whatever they want. And then, yes, after you get past that, then it is verticals, um, vertical sites. And the biggest thing that I tell people to do is, as we were talking that a consumer does take your brand name and type in the word reviews. And when you get that first page of Google results, any site that appears on that first page is a site that you should care to at least have a handful of yeah. reviews on. So I don't think people do that enough.
0: I think people no, do not do that enough.
2: No. And those are the sites that have enough authority to to rank. So mm-hmm. it might be the BBB. It might be YP.com. It might be house or, you know, again, depending upon vertical, but there's likely four or five sites that pop up for your business. And that's where, yes, put the lion's share of focus into the main ones, yourself, Facebook, Google, but definitely get a handful of positive ones at the other sites that appear there.
0: So how do you do this at scale, which I'm assuming is where you guys step in because it it sounds like this could be completely overwhelming.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. This is, and this is so fun too, right?
0: you have got to geek out, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: when you, when you consider the flywheel of what you can build in this, this is what we've worked to automating and, and create that efficiency inside of our product. So, you know, one, at the very start, you're automating requesting reviews, right? So you're either using an API or uh, using Zapier. We have an app out in Zapier and we're connecting to your billing system or a POS or a CRM, so we know a customer experience has happened, and it's automating sending the customer into our system. That's automatically going out, we're sending reminders, we're capturing the feedback, getting the information, then we're automatically monitoring reviews, so whether they talk to you direct or they leave a a review at Facebook or Google, we're capturing that and bringing that into our system. Then, especially for things like, um, we're automatically segmenting them by location because that's how you know the local word wor- world works. Everything is by location, review profiles. So that automatically uh, happens. And then uh, our review widget, so we have a little widget, you plug in a couple of lines of a code onto your page and it will automatically stream those reviews up to your site. So you can choose settings. You can say, hey, show every review, just reviews from these sites, just reviews of this rating. Um, but then you can stream those up. So That's as you awesome. can see from this, yeah, a completely no touch um, situation. Now, one of the things I really love is uh, we have a feature called auto tagging. So you can set up a keyword list and say, okay, uh, back to the auto shop. If they say brakes, and then we can build out a list and say, we'll tag everything with brakes. If they say brakes, brake pads, pads, rotors, any of these 10 words trigger this tag to be brakes. And then we can build another widget, which we call a tag widget and say, anytime this tag fires, then send this review specifically to this page in this widget.
0: Sweet, That's sweet. Yeah, That's sweet. Yeah.
2: So it's like when you, when you like see all that happen and you realize you can watch it like a TV show and you don't have to do anything (laughs) like it's, it's awesome. You're just feeding, you know, hundreds of, of. Uh, you know, keywords on some amount of frequency automatically up to your website and up to pages.
0: No, that's great. I mean, you you said before you guys even have a social media, like you're you're building a card on social media where you overlays it with like a graphic image. Yes. That's awesome. So that, That yeah, that,
2: yeah, that you just grab. All right. I want to grab this review and then you're able to like build design themes. You choose a design theme and then we're integrated with Google posts, Facebook, um and twitter so then you can just check those and it'll post the same message uh, to all three um, instagram you have to download and then upload uh, instagram's, a in the app, but... instagram's a yes,
0: pain in the butt instagram's a pain in the butt yes yep. yeah
2: yeah they're have... not just super open with their direct no. uh, posting maybe maybe someday but we look at it you know the big win in our space in local especially is google posts right um so this is a great way to bring content on good frequency to, to google posts that are visually appealing yeah, that's and it great. doesn't take a lot yeah. of effort
0: that's really great Okay, right. yeah. so with that with all of that and thank you for that yeah. <laughs> so i have this fun little game that i do um, i call it optimize it or disavow It," where i give my guests either two really good options and you're stuck choosing one good option over another good option or two really crappy options and you're in the uncomfortable position of choosing one crappy option over another <laughs> crappy option so this is the Aaron erin version of optimize it or disavow it So it's a zero sum world. You can say it depends completely discouraged, but you can. Well, we'll we won't hurt you if you do it. All right. If you had a repurposed reveal, would you put it on some obscure piece of documentation or a totally irrelevant social media platform? Think like Google plus when that was still around.
2: Yeah. Obscure piece of documentation, because <laughs> like I said, social shelf life, like who knows when you can use that piece of documentation again, it's but true. it's like social shelf life, Unless you have a massive audience, is just like here and there, right? Especially it's it's like, if it's a
0: garbage platform like Google Plus was. Yes. I'm just gonna yes. rank so on Google would, Plus for I a second. Would,
2: yeah, I I take the documentation and then I'd be thinking, how can I use this documentation more and make that more valuable to have it be evergreen instead of just a one and done.
0: That's true. Too. Hey, documentation ranks really well for a lot of queries. It's true.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so
0: and that's what it is. All okay, right, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And again, check out Gather Up. And a uh, 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 local university else is part of Gather Up, right?
2: Uh, well, actually, uh, no, we oh, uh, sold it uh, last year. Oh, you did the um, sterling so, I yes, yes, I, to Sterling jo- Sky. Yes. Sorry, we
0: can edit that out if you want.
2: No, no, totally. I think it's I'm. we couldn't have passed it along to, to better hands. And A number of us are still, you know, speaking, part of events. Joy's a a great friend. Um, yeah, it's one of those really cool things, right? It was, uh, local university was started by David, uh, Mim, um, and then taken much further between Mike Blumenthal and Mary Bowling and myself and Will Scott, uh, Ed Reese, um, so Mike Ramsey. So it's like, it's this great, like, evolution of what it's done and the local search hands it's gone through. And Joy's a fantastic person to carry to carry the torch at someday I'll be, you know, done uh, in the <laughs> game of, of local SEO and joy will still be raging on. Right. So it's, it's perfect.
0: Now you guys, both of you guys um, have done like, have you turned the spotlight onto local SEO in ways? I don't think anyone's ever imagined. So you guys are awesome.
2: Oh, appreciate that Morty.
0: You got that. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you. And we are back to your regularly scheduled in search SEO podcast. I, I, I literally never thought of using reviews in that way before. <laughs> That's brilliant. Come on. How many people have, they're like, yeah, I can repurpose my reviews. Like, what are you even talking about? I can repurpose content. It's a great idea. Great tool there.
1: Right.
0: Got a great tool going on there. Okay. With that, let's run into some, well, it, I'm going to be honest with you, Sapir. It was a pretty light week with the news, but anyway, but <laughs> anyway, let's see anyway. what you got for us, Sapir, with The news. <laughs>
1: running a new video carousel as part of an organic result uh, that shows a series of short video clips. In the case spotted, a result for a specific TikTok account showed a carousel of the creator's video clips.
0: Yeah, so TikTok is now on the SERP. Right. Great. That. Cool. My, my <laughs> life is now complete. There's a, there was a user's account, a user's TikTok account, that is, and it had all these little video cards And a carousel that you can watch all this person's idiocy on TikTok on. Great. Mm -hmm. Thank God for TikTok. (laughs) Because life wasn't stupid enough without it. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Going off the deep end here.
1: There is some funny stuff on TikTok, though. (laughs) The boomer side of you is coming out. It is. Come on. Whatever.
0: I'm a barrel of laughs. (laughs) TikTok.
1: Moving on. Moving on, Marty.
0: TikTok. please. Can I move on? No, I was still rambling about TikTok. <laughs> anyway. Ridiculous. First I had the Snapchat oh. garbage. this TikTok, <laughs> thing. Oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make a great old man. Oh, wow. Okay. Get out of here it's your social media, you whippersnapper. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done.
1: Google is giving AdSense data and a bit of an overhaul. The AdSense reports page is getting a more visual look. To make data more accessible, the changes have already begun to be rolled out and will be finished in the coming week or two.
0: I like that your accent makes l- "look" sound like "Luke." <laughs> That's my big takeaway for what you just said.
1: <laughs> I have a cute, I have a cute accent. I, I, I like your accent. Cute.
0: I like. I, I. You have like this, like John Claude Van Damme thing going on. I love it.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> I want I, I, I literally would love for you – I'm going to take a sheet of Jean-Claude Van Damme quotes about, like, roundhouse-kicking <laughs> people, and I want you to read them on the next episode, please.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. You know, I actually watched a movie of Jean-Claude Van Damme.
0: You watched Once. a movie. I watched one movie. A long,
1: a long time ago. It was He was filming, I think, in Jerusalem, but I forgot the, the movie.
0: Don't know. I haven't watched, like it, – it, it's been a while since Bloodsport. Anyway.
1: Anyways. Lastly, it seems Google is showing the scroll to text highlight parameters that it uses for featured snippet URLs inside of Search Console, which means you might be able to identify featured snippet URLs with a bit more ease.
0: Yeah, so you know, the whole scroll to text thing tacks on um, a large set, of, a, a unique set of parameters to, to a URL. So you can see when that's happening inside of Search Console, or now you can see when that's happening inside of Search Console, which means, hey, that's probably a feature snippet, so you can identify those URLs easier. Hopefully, that sticks around. That's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, there's speculation that might lead to a feature snippet filter, which is what everybody really wants inside of Search Console. Did you okay. say lastly, by the way? Yeah, I did. Okay, I did. Okay. See, I always screw that up. You I always? always. Screw that up. <laughs> I always screw that up.
1: Uh, Gosh. Okay. Well, I thought, like, you know, uh, it's
0: usually more than three stories, but it was a really kind of slow week.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Full. Well, thank you, Sabir. You Appreciate like that. It. Great job, as always.
1: As usual, right? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so the news is over, and that means... I need a, I need to figure a better pivot to the fun send-off question. I, whatever. Getting lazy in my old age. We are now done with the news. We are now going to do the fun SEO send-off question. So here's the music. Go ahead. That was literally the best pivot ever.
1: Yeah, it was. Seamless. Right.
0: We are done with this. Now we will do this.
1: Okay, just get to the fine and see off questions.
0: No, then, I will not. <laughs> you will because it's your question.
1: Okay, this week we're asking.
0: I'm asking. What would be the... Not we. Who's we? <laughs> I didn't ask this. take no responsibility. <laughs> we're a team, Morty. That's my what God. you think. You throw I me under the you, bus I here. hear what you say behind my back, by the way, in meetings. <laughs> that gets back to me.
1: Okay, anyway, this week I'm asking, what would be the number one item on Google's things to do before you die bucket list?
0: Things to do before I die, not die, number one.
1: <laughs> That's a good one. That's good.
0: Live forever.
1: <laughs> uh, oh. I would just say like, you know, plain bungee jumping or something. It's,
0: uh, it always gets creative with you.
1: <laughs> hey, hey! The oh, skydiving sounds crazy.
0: fun. What's <laughs> wrong really.
1: with bungee jumping? Nothing. Other
0: than I would never do it, but yeah. <laughs>
1: Why?
0: It doesn't like th- th- these like thrill things. Like don't like they don't really appeal to me. Like yeah, let me. I, I want to feel like what it might be to feel like I'm gonna die. Like that doesn't that doesn't appeal to me. I want to feel like what it feels like to live. <laughs> Like, I don't, okay. I, my life is not so, so boring, so that like, I need to, you know, liven it up by trying to die. Uh, that makes okay. no okay. sense to me. I'm way too, oh, okay. I am way too rational for bungee jumping. I'm also way too scared, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, my answer would be, let's see, um, things to do before you die, bucket list, Google. Item number one, finish taking over the world. Oh, it's pinky.: it's Or it's pinky, pinky in the brain, brain or, or at least: brain, brain, brain. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> or at least take down Amazon.: Oh
1: wow. Ambitious. OK
0: Finally, kill off Bing.: Oh wow. OK, let's stop it.: here. <laughs> Testify before Congress one more time: Oh wow. Keep going. Keep going.
1: No, no.
0: Monopolize a little bit more. So I should probably stop before I. Keep, I'm gonna yeah, go too far. I'm just gonna go too <laughs> far. That'll do it for this week's version of the In Search SEO Podcast. Tune in again next Tuesday for an all new episode of the In Search SEO Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been In Search because we're all in search of something. Something. Toodles.